I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, you're listening to Nobody Cares, the podcast. Um, I'm Antti Donahue, who is the host in Fighting Back Hiccups, which is... um, pretty standard operating procedure, if you ask me. Anyways, this is a podcast where we have a guest on who talks about something they really care about and not everybody else does. And then we end up having much bigger conversations about much bigger things um, and ultimately solving any world conflict in the process. This week, we have Kayla Lorette, who is a very good friend of mine, who you have seen in commercials and on television and in film and I mean, if you are in Toronto, you've probably seen her walking around because some, I mean, that's not a weird way to introduce somebody. So you know what? I'll just have Kayla come in because we're going to talk about something she's passionate about. What would that thing be, Kayla Lorette? Hi. Well, I was really racking my brain for something I, I care about and other people maybe don't so much. And I could really only settle on um, like obsessively planning for a meal um, and making a meal. Love um, it. Just, yeah, I can really go on about it. Okay, because this is interesting. As somebody that is the opposite, I'm, and I am also very type A, like Ebony and I referenced in the last episode, the spreadsheet that I have um, for this thing, like probably a dozen times. I love a spreadsheet. (laughs) So in my head, this makes sense, but in theory, it scares me. So let's begin. Like, have you, when you say planning a meal, like, are you planning the recipes? Are you planning the dishes? Are you planning when you're going to eat and when? Like, Let's unpack what you mean. Okay. Well, what I mean, and I, I and I would really say that this kind of started from my, my dad does this very intensely, and I would say it's not from a spreadsheet place. It's a lot of feeling, and it can sometimes be a, a it's a lot of conversation about what you feel, what you need, what the day is. Um, now, this could start the second I wake up, before I've had breakfast or anything. Lay in bed, kind of discuss like what is the day shape, what would be nice, what do I want to explore, what do I want to put in my body later. So it's a lot of that. I like to look uh, at many recipes uh, and then kind of take what I like from it. And I also like to just take a nice, make a nice little list and take a long wander in one of the two grocery stores near my house. We have a Freshco, which is a lot cheaper. You're getting some weirder products and produce. Um, I feel it's the more honorable grocery store. And then nearby is a Metro, a little more bougie, a little more sad, expensive, but the meat is not as scary. Oh, okay. So this for you comes like, so I'm assuming then that you equate cooking um, to like feeding people, like nourishment and like, it's a very, it's a very emotionally loaded idea for you. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. I think it's, uh, if I can share with many people, this is great. If, and that's usually where it sits. If I'm alone, it's much more meditative and just to kind of relax and turn my mind off. But it is about giving which is, yes, a lot of what I saw from my father, who would be like the last person to eat and would kind of be talking about it all day, goes to the grocery store every day, is very obsessed with like pleasing my mom with what she wants to eat and like learning new techniques and things. Um, And I think it is about nourishment and 
I guess at the core of it, just like, yeah, wanting to give something so that I can receive some love and appreciation as well. Oh, so do you like, do, do you plan for yourself or is it like, because I think a lot of people, and this is what I think, when you told me you like meal planning, I literally imagined that like, like the kitchen and home improvement and then like with <laughs> like a Monday, spaghetti, Tuesday, like lamb chop. And I thought, wow. That's a lot of commitment. So you're thinking of it as almost like you wake up, you see how the day is going, you plan on a daily basis. It's a much more organic process. I feel like I say meal planning now. There's such a trend on like Instagram of these people that just like on a Sunday like roast like a butternut squash, cook like a bunch of salmon and like have it all prepped. Yeah, in and their like fridge. I thought about Tupperware several times. No, no, no. This is a lot more organic. Shoot from the hip. Um, wow. It just see what you feel. That's how I feel about it. And I don't do day-to-day because it's not necessarily about me trying to schedule in healthy eating. I just really love it, and I love discussing it and finding people that are willing to talk through a recipe and a meal at length. Okay, so when you talk about the way, like, eating in a way that's, like, helpful and, like, nourishing, et cetera, like, what do you think about this, like, emphasis we have right now on this, like, on clean eating and, like, trend-based meal planning? Because I think, like, that can be on the more alienating side of things, where yours seems to, like, want to bring people in. Am I correctly observing this? I think that's really correct. I okay. find I like to try to eat healthy when I can, and when something's, like, surprisingly vegan or something, I feel good. But I find that kind of um, – that stress and pre- pressure towards, like, wellness and planning to be um, uh, – false and it also puts all that onus on the individual too if you don't feel good you better put something good in your body and i think that that is not how you should approach food and eating it should be something that feels good to your heart and your soul and and sometimes it's like a very thick risotto and that's just what you're gonna have and it feels good have you ever heard of ruby tando no she's this really great um she was on i think it was either three series three or four of British Bake Off, um, and she's engaged to a friend of mine. She's in England, and she just wrote this book called Eat Up, and she writes because she's now a food writer, and she does pastries and everything, but she writes so much about the fact that, like, food is always supposed to make you happy and supposed to nourish you, and it isn't about, like, what's healthy, and it isn't about what's, like, low-cal, and the whole book is, like, her favorite foods and why they're great, and it's, like, so beautifully illustrated. I think you'd really like it. I'm going to look into that. I love that. I think that's, yeah. I think it, it's like, what, wow, what will make you smile? Or if it's like you want to try a recipe for the first time, what makes you feel kind of creative and challenged? I just, as like an artist and a comedian, it's so much in my head. And I, and it, and I guess that's a, it can be hobby feeling sometimes, but this is like, this is the other major love in my life is thinking about this. So how old were you when you started like, I mean, have you always had a positive relationship with food? Yeah, and I think that that's such a privilege too. I think in talking about food, I recognize that for some people there's a tension around their relationship to food and their own body and what they put into it. And I feel very lucky that I've had a pretty positive one uh, my whole life. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's nice. That's a nice advantage to have. And then just growing up, where that was kind of central to, like, eating family meals was really central to growing up. Do you guys, like, and you, you're an only child, right? Yeah. Same. Exciting. No. So do you still eat together? Like, I think we stopped eating together as a family probably when I was about 14. Like, we did, like, we just, we just went very adults and, like, I got my own food at McDonald's because I worked there. Well, this is what I grew up, I don't, I don't no longer live near my parents. I've lived in Toronto now for 10 years, Mm. but I grew up on Vancouver Island and it was 
I didn't get a car until maybe I was like 16 or something, and there was nothing around. Um, so, yeah, we had meals every night always, and that was kind of important. And like, So the kitchen was always like the, sitting around an island and being near each other and sitting while my dad prepped things. And my mom's a great cook too, but my dad's incredibly controlling. So, <laughs> so I was always around and getting to enjoy it. And I think the shift happened in the last couple of years where now he's, like, welcomed me into that process, and I'm allowed to taste and contribute what I think should it be adjusted. I'm allowed to cut things, take charge of certain dishes. This has shifted. This is huge. So, like, okay, I mean, that is a massive evolution in your oh. parental relationships. Oh, thrilling. That's, I mean, that's a big <laughs> deal. I feel, yeah, we have, like, a big, um, we understand our family, like, don't talk to me um, <laughs> in the kitchen. Like, my mom would be like, there's a coffee for you. I'm like, I know. I can see it. I just uh, go. Don't ever speak to me until I've, I can't handle this. This is too much. I need um, my time over here. Oh, my God. And, like, I got into, like, I got, for me, it was more, less meal planning, more baking, because it's like feeding other people. Like, I, you don't really, I don't eat the food I bake. I give it to people, because also, I just can't, after you've been looking at something for hours, I'm like, I, the last thing I want to do is eat this. I mean, I don't know if that's the same for you. I think baking would be different. Baking, I find, I'm trying to get more into it and, like, learn how to make breads. I've been going easy into some biscuits, into some cornbread, oh, trying to do these those things. Those are hard, actually. I can't do those. I like just the, the pinching of the butter into the oh. flour is just such a tactile oh dream. Oh, my God. Her eyebrows are out of control <laughs> right now. Everybody learn this. Oh, I recently made, a, like, a honey jalapeno cornbread that was, like, my favorite sweet, crumbly. Like, I'm very specific about my cornbread needs. Well, I, no pun intended. <laughs> oh my God. This is just the funniest podcast anyone's heard in their entire lives. Have you learned a lot about yourself though through this? Like what, what point were you like, I give a shit about meal planning. I mean, were you a teen who gave a shit about meal planning? I started like uh, really thinking about, I guess just, I think when I realized like I have a lot of, I'm a very nervous person and I worry a lot and I discovered that through that process because it is a giving and I can think about other people but also thinking externally of like what something will taste like, what it needs in balance. Like it, I find that really relaxing. So I think that's how it started slowly. I'm sure nothing was very complex or good in my early 20s. But um, it started then, I think. And living with roommates and wanting to share and everyone sit and eat together was important to me. It feels like I like not to get all like Mark Maron psychology on you. Um, Love it. <laughs> it has a lot to do with Moon's app. <laughs> this seems like you really like you wherever you go, you build a family and you build it and base it around food mm-hmm. and the idea of sharing a meal. Like it isn't. I mean, like I have starbucks cookies in my pocket that i'm like well that'll take me through till 3 p.m like that oh god there's days like that i mean i'm full scum no problem i don't there are days when you're like you calling me scum <laughs> yeah okay no. yeah. she's accurate in that <laughs> Very much well, there's so. days where i'm like cliff bars are good for you right and that'll last me for a god. while but like yeah there that's those are those runaround days it's, so it's hard to find that time and that luxury to have that time i'm very lucky that i don't have a normal job like I can, I can like fart around on what I would like to have for hours. In it's a almost day. like a European sense of like because like you go to the the market every day and like love it. You go and you like build your like. What is your? I mean, do you have favorites? Like, do you have like a favorite meal? Do you have like a favorite person to cook for? Do you have like throw them out here? Okay, yeah. Here we go. This is um, well, I really, I I really like cooking for. Uh, my boyfriend Tom, but I had to really 
um, learn that there's some there's a darkness to the cooking rat, quite controlling, like your dad. Yeah, and so if I won't always, or if he wants to cut something, or I've invited him to do a part of it, I'm really eyes on, and I'm quite like passive aggressively, like that. You know, a consistent cut on the onion would help. The everything, like, and then he'll. You're right. You're right. I, I understand. <laughs> but I get very stressed about like the steps and like wanting to like explain like. Well, the reason that that has to be that way and go in now is because, like, we need it to cook. That we don't want to put the potatoes in yet because, like, it, they're going to ruin the consistency of the soup. And, like, I'll get that way. And so Tom's had to tell me, like, I, I've kind of let him try to learn how to make bread because I need to let him have his space. Um, but I like cooking for him because he, he really enjoys it and will eat a lot and eats lots of leftovers, which is important. Uh, but then my friend Ebony Rosen, who's, you know, and my friend Caitlin and I are all very similar in our uh, in our cooking and, and meal obsession. Like recently, uh, Caitlin and I watched the Westminster Dog Show on terrific <laughs> on oh our God. laptops while we skyped and both made a risotto. And I would say that risotto is my probably top favorite thing to make. So you have no. I mean, do you have food allergies, or are you like no? Oh, you're lucky. I have one thing I won't eat because I have a, I have like a a real issue with certain fish because I had a traumatic experience as a kid. Was it food poisoning? No, I. You can say growing it. up on Vancouver Island, they took us as one of our, <laughs> like, school trips was to go to the uh, fish hatchery, and it was like a really hot day. I hate everything that's like, happening right now. And like, so then they showed us first how they. Uh, fertilize the eggs, which they had this like, like older gruff man had a dirty bucket and yeah. cut open this female f- salmon. No, squeezed her eggs out of her body, tossed the body onto the ground, oh. then milked the male salmon, and then swooshed the bucket around three times and was like, "That's how you do it." I'm already getting upset. I'm already like getting hot and kind of sick as a kid. And then they bring us over to dissect a live salmon to show us what was inside of it. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Showing all the pieces. And the smell was so Mm. strong. And then he like lifted the heart and the heart, like this tiny heart, and it was still beating. And he passed it around to the kids and everyone was laughing and having fun. And I suddenly was so sure I was going to throw up. My teacher had to like quietly walk me by the river. (laughs) But ever some fresh air. Yeah, but ever since then, that there's some certain fish smells that are very. You're a sensitive soul. I'm a Pisces. Very. Oh, (laughs) Pisces season is here, my friend. Oh my God, we're coming into it. It is Brianna's 30th birthday. The day we record this. I know a lot of great pictures of her. Very, very important. (laughs) Oh, you have the feels. Yeah. So it's all very emotional. I say this as like a Virgo sociopath who is like, so the heart, how big was it? Like, did it warm? I want <laughs> to see feel it. warm? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm very sense. I, th- I don't know what it is. It's just, I think because my father used food as such a way to indicate like love mm-hmm. and that, and, and sometimes that's unhealthy in, in the kind of tit for tat way that sometimes I, I think of love in points and like, if I give you this, then I've done this nice thing for you, mm-hmm. which isn't the best. But because of that, I think I do put a lot of emotion into a meal. And anyone eating, like seeing a person on the subway, like quietly trying to just like stuff a bit of breakfast in their mouth will make me cry. Like I'll get really emotional seeing someone like not have time for themselves to eat. Oh my God. Okay. Hold on. I'm going to stop for commercial and then I'm going to go on what I was going to say there. (laughs) Everyone really enticed commercial time. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh my God, we're back. What a commercial that was. It's fantastic. I'll, see, so you, when you look at somebody rushing their breakfast, I almost think the way you're describing it, it's not so much that you're obsessed with meal planning. It's obsessed with like you ensuring that everyone in your life feels good and safe and healthy. Oh, absolutely. That's the definitely the core of it. It's definitely not like as much. I mean, it's cool. Like, I mean, everybody I've learned from this podcast that comes on with like a thing. It's never the thing. It's like the idea that it's like. And what it does, like it, it it's food is nice in that way because you have to eat. And Although and I like, would for sure be someone that if you could give me a pill and I didn't have to eat all day, I'd be fine. I honestly like had I was dating someone once who would say that often. And then this one day, like I had planned, I made like. Uh, pasta with like a, like a brown butter and like crispy sage and like it was like the really beautiful pasta dish that I had made. I got wine. It was like lovely. And then I was like, oh, I made the food. And he and he was like, oh, I'm actually not hungry. I, I just grabbed a sandwich from 7-Eleven on the way home. Oh, see, that's rude though. Oh, it was. And I remember being like, mm, something has shifted. Like I was like, <gasps> but you made it. That's different. Exactly. It's not like he can't, you didn't have plans. But he's all, yeah, but he's very, he was very much like, I don't care about food i'd love to take a pill if i could every day and not think about it see i've i for myself food for me has always been something very stressful because i was fine growing up and then teen years happen and then food equals weight equals like that whole thing so that spanned forever in a day and then um i'm a very like i'm an anxious person so when i'm anxious it will manifest in my stomach so i'll get nauseous or i'll be like you know there's a lot of things that can happen with your stomach so eating if i'm in a place where i'm not super mentally like on it it is like i'll be physically hungry but you'll have like it will make me want to throw up eating because i it's just like so if there has been times like right now everything's okay so i've been like cool maybe i'll have a steak for lunch that's great but I think, like, everybody's relationship with food, it's almost like you're injecting the positivity of food into the relationships you have with people, too, which is really, like, because I've eaten with you. It's nice. I, it is. It, we had a very long dinner. Like, it's not rushed. I like to really sit. I like a long, I like a long dinner. I, yeah. I eat a lot, like, late because I'll start something. Yeah. Prime, honestly, prime me zone is, like, you start cooking at 630 when you got Carol off on as it happens on CBC, and she's just talking to people and being soft, and that is, like, my happy place. I love it. That sounds that sounds fantastic. Yeah. It's very older women. Just be like, I want a soft CBC. I want a nice glass of wine. I want to take my time on a risotto. Like, this is— Oh, that sounds like what I thought grown-ups <laughs> were going to be like when I was a kid, and then I became one, and it's like, all right, so we're eating cold McDonald's fries at 7.30. <laughs> There's sweet and sour sauce that I've used on the bag, which is also a placemat slash plate, and— um, Oh, now I feel sick. Amazing. Cool. Well, I mean, the amount of time I have, like, just two Jamaican patties for a meal oh, is, but like, that's, that's, that's nice also too. so That's also good. delicious. But that's, like, yeah. Is there a reason do. you haven't, like, married your love of food with comedy and performance? Not – I mean, not a specific reason. I think – I think often – why food is like private and fine. I find that like being like um, declaring yourself like an expert in something or that you like even declaring passion for something I can find very embarrassing. <laughs> 
That's why I think I've never. That's why I really think I've never done stand up because the idea of me having to decide what my stage voice would be, I find disgusting. Really? Like the idea of like, would I be like a storyteller? Don't like that. Would I be like a one-liner? Not clever enough. Would I be this? Like, I the idea of having to qualify myself in that way makes me uncomfortable. So sometimes like having that passion be private and so separate from my art, it feels, that's what I think keeps it very sacred. So often my, who I am and my work are completely um, bonded that to have a space that's very private um, and meditative like that is necessary, I think, for me, given that I worry so much. <laughs> no, that makes sense. I think I tried to do um, – well, when the CBC was running Canadian Bake Off, I was doing like the bakes along with it. And it was really fun. But there was a part of me like I didn't want to bake for myself anymore for a while. And like it felt – it's just a different feeling when you kind of switch gears and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, this is part of my professional life now. Yeah. And this – oh, so now this persona, the public me, this, it belongs to this person because you can't always dial it back to your personal self. And their hearts just always separate. Like they they, yeah. they do – I think that's when I feel really con- like overwhelmed and confused. I think it's when those two things are so connected and, I, and I'm like, where do I get to turn off? Where do I get to – relax and just settle and be quiet and be strange and be vulnerable. Yeah. Well, I think like food is a really vulnerable thing for I think a lot of people. But in your case, it sounds like it's vulnerable because you like you put your real self in it and you put your real feelings in it. And it's Mm -hmm. not like you're just like when I bake something, I'm like, I made bread. Fuck you. I'm God. (laughs) I'm amazing. I'm fucking amazing. So go fuck yourself. You can't bake this. I hate you. And you're like, I love this (laughs) tension with the loaf. I'm very, I'm a dick. I think we all need to understand when I watch anybody have a God complex, I'm like, I get it. I feel it. I feel it in my heart. Here. (laughs) I have no soul. It's fine. Whereas you're like, I've made you, like I start, like you, you, you even cook with, like, something you enjoy on in the background. Like, mm. you're not doing it as, like, it's, it's like, so beautiful. It's, like, literally, like, what are all those movies about food that people, like? I don't know. They're, like, uh, There's that Julia one. and Julia. They like- yeah, they like Stanley Tucci's in that one. It's, like, The Great Feast or something. Oh, Big, uh, big Night? Yeah. That? I, we watched it in, there's like, like a time one. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. I mean, um, there's a scene in Chocolat that, like, when she makes <sighs> the whole meal and all the townspeople come. There's just one scene where someone has like a mole sauce over like a roasted chicken. It's just like an older woman slowly taking a bite of chicken. And you're like, come on. Or really recommend Babette's Feast. It is like a, I've heard of this. I want to say it's like a Scandinavian movie. I can't remember where it's from. I watched it on a plane. It's just this kind of mysterious woman comes to this small, very religious town. And she works as like a cook. And everyone's very like austere and like they don't like anything to be fancy. And then she secretly wins this lottery and asks that she would just like to prepare one meal I know for everyone this. in town. Yeah, and then she spends all of this money bringing like a tortoise and all these crazy things and then it's just this one night where these kind of tense people just slowly soften while they drink wine and eat these beautiful dishes. And that's all she wanted to You're give Babette. to that. I'd love to be Babette. Plus, she just wears this cloak for most of it that's very gorgeous. That's very, so. that's, you're very Babette. Ugh, I'm going to really move into a Babette. Time. I think it's time. I think you're old enough. Absolutely. <laughs> I, think it's, I think welcome. This is what's happening on this podcast. Um, please. I think we, I mean, I don't, food is so, I, I mean, there's something I hate 
there's nothing I hate actually more than like the idea of like hashtag eat clean, hashtag this, blah, blah, blah. Like I can't handle a cleanse to me when I see somebody going on about their how their cleanse is helping their skin. I'm like, that's really great. But like some of us don't have that option or some people have disordered eating or some people like or, so are some or people are, are diabetic like, or some people don't want to do that and like and also you're buying you're buying into this this individualism and this pressure that's like that is um really damaging and cuts your mind off to thinking about your community and and sharing and looking at people like that it's such a, a restrictive way to to think of totally food. yeah and it's also very and i think it, it aligns itself and not and not in every way, but in a lot of ways, there's a very like sizest attitude too, because and that sucks absolutely for a lot of reasons. Yeah, yeah, it's I I, I yeah I, I find it I find it very off putting. Yeah, I'm, yeah I, I like to follow I like I like follow food and things on on Instagram, and there was just some woman who just at some point I think she had posted a, a recipe that I thought was really interesting, which was like a like a cheese rest like a fake cheese rest um, cheese sauce recipe that was like with cashews, and I was like. Fun. And then just eventually it just became only that she would make these smoothie bowls. And I was like, I uh, am done with you. <laughs> no, I can't. That thing. I can't. I can't. I just. It's I, like a cold bowl of slop no. that then you kind of just feel hungry later and bad about yourself. Right. Like I have come to the conclusion like based on, I mean, my own history of eating. If I want a fucking steak, I need a steak. If I want fish and chips, I'm eating fish and chips. If I want a salad, I'm eating a salad. And that's and, and given like any complicated relationship you, that people have had with food or you'd have with food, like I think allowing yourself to find that pleasure in what the dish will be and really, like I I think as we're talking, I, like a lot of the major dishes that I love have like a very strong sense memory to like a dish that I had that was like a really beautiful time or experience. Mm-hmm. So it's like recreating those little moments totally and like really yeah. Letting it feel like an emotionally positive experience for yourself. Yeah, like, because even, I mean, I don't know what your kitchen looks like. I don't know, I don't know your life. Um, <laughs> but I do, like, uh, as you're describing dishes and cooking, I think of certain, like, being a kid and going, when my mom's cousin would have, like, a big thing at Christmas and being like, oh, this is so fun. And, like, I will never forget how great that sourdough was. Or, like, um, even when my friends and I would have like Friendsgiving back when we were in our twenties and just like the meal was not good. It, we weren't good cooks. We were bad, but it was just the magical idea of like we were all together. Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes these things aren't good. And I am not saying I'm nailing all these dishes, but it is just like the process and, and yeah. I think the first time like like had like um beef bourguignon, like we were just like it was like the dish that like we were like it seemed like such a fun, long thing to make and Ebony and I made it together and I think we like <laughs> I think we cooked for like six hours. Like took way longer. I think by the time we ate it it was almost one AM and love then that. we both sat down and were like, This is the greatest thing we've ever eaten. This is so good. <laughs> it's always about like yeah, I think equating food with less of like you're not planning to be like well tuesday is turkey tuesdays and that's what we do like (laughs) it's more like i'm a bad little girl so i'm gonna have some turkey (laughs) (laughs) fish friday but not the kind that i saw killed right in front of me no oh my god you equate your feelings it's all it's like you're just building you're expanding your umbrella of family and then, like, using food as, like, the great common denominator. Yeah. That just sounds like what this is, which is very cool. I love it. Yeah. I, I think – and I like – yeah, I like it to be, to be simple. And you can just keep learning about it and you can and you can feel when you're getting better. Um, See, I hate cooking. 
That's the funny thing. I you'd think I because I'm but you like the baking. Do you I like it baking. because it's precise and then you can yes. just like put it away. Correct. One hundred percent. I think that's why I don't like it because I'm very I'm, feelings. I'm, I think I'm very feelings and very like I can taste as I go along and I can adjust and oh. like that is what I like. I don't I don't like having a plan. Like I get very irritated by just sticking to a recipe too oh intensely. God. Like I like to kind of interpret what I can like understand why these things are here and then interpret what I have. And I'm like, why aren't you sticking to the recipe? Are you stupid? What's wrong with you? Ugh. Look at this bread I've made perfectly <laughs> from the recipe. I'm perfect. But now I can't bake because of my hand. Yeah. Which is actually really shitty because baking for me is my um, – like now that like I ha- like the series is over so I can like continue. Yeah. Um, but that's how I would like work out stress or anxiety or whatever. And now I can't do it because um, if you're listening, you can't see it. But I just totally fucked my finger up and now can't – I'm like Jimmy Fallon but without the fun drunken story that came with it. So it's mostly me call- – me, um, It sounds like you were making – I mean you dropped a bowl. It sounds like you had been making I'd pasta. I had been making pasta. Do you have a pasta baker? Oh, no, but... I do. It's great. <laughs> I was going to say, my physiotherapist uh, said that my tendons, because of how they've healed, um, which is incorrectly, which is probably why I need surgery, it's like they can't move through the pasta maker that is my um, ligament. So, listen, we're all having fun talking about pasta <laughs> and our hands. Pray for me. Ugh. I can't even hold a fork. I hold a fork like something's wrong with me. Because I, once I take it off, it's so swollen I can't do it. I, I want everyone who's listening to please... Give me a gift card to a restaurant, and then I will give the I will pay waitstaff to feed me. <laughs> this is great. You're going to be such an Applebee's, <laughs> like Jack Astor's, ma'am, <laughs> ma'am. We are not not getting paid, paid enough, enough for this. I don't want this. You can hold a. We saw you holding the fork. You I'm have like, a I fine can't. other hand. I can't. You can figure it out. I can't. Okay, I'm going to quick fire some questions at you. Okay. All right, so um, you've already confirmed that risotto is your favorite to make. Yeah. Um, what is something that you will never make again? Oh, great question. Um, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Oof, let me just think quickly here. My God, Kayla. Is- okay, oh, well, okay. It's, I won't ever cook it again, but I'm a bit gun shy because I um, I really want to get good at cooking a, a, a roast chicken, but I, I thought that I was smart enough to have a roast chicken on top of a bunch of vegetables. I, 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 chicken very greasy. Ruined all the vegetables. This was on Christmas. Oh. I thought it was my fault and I'd ruined Christmas. Oh. I got upset. Was this so, this year? Last year. Oh, you did ruin Christmas. I've heard about I it. Did, I know. People are talking about it. But that, I guess that never that again. And what don't I just, I don't really care for. Um, honestly, I'm about to give up on tofu. It's just not, they can't, I tried, I don't, I don't know. I can't eat soy without getting very ill. Soy and coconut. Like, that is like, we have 10 minutes and then I am, I am Your body's done. already like, we We're know done. what you did. And you will pay for this. <laughs> so I'm not fun to cook for. Okay, so um, what is a piece of advice that you were given by your dad that you apply to the way you cook now? Ooh. Or mom, not to discriminate, but you mentioned dad being like yeah. the guy. I guess it's like a general I guess the general sense is just to give yourself enough time and um yeah, just I think you can just think through all the steps. You don't have to pressure yourself or follow a recipe. But I think giving yourself enough time and making it like the the making of the dish is as pleasurable as the eating will be. I think that that's not hard advice for my dad because he's a quiet goof, but I think that's what I recognize in him and what I I believe in. Well, is there any celebrity chefs that you're like, oh, you get it right, or you're calming? Like, I love Ina. Oh, I love Ina. She's wonderful. Honestly, my new, like, <laughs> mate, 
if we're going to do a WTF, my guy is um, absolutely Mark Bittman, who I am in love with. Really? And his cookbook, How to Cook Everything, is, I just think, such a staple. It's so wonderful. I got it. I sit and look at it like it's like a picture book and I'll just be like oh like oh that's how you do that and just it's I really recommend I love him he's just a a nerdy New Yorker who's just cares about the most simple ingredients and simple recipes and intuition in your cooking oh that's so interesting but I also got to meet Jamie Oliver okay I was going to say (laughs) I'm obsessed with his like 30 minute television show where he's just like five ingredients here we go I do love it oh his tongue's too big for his mouth and it's great he um (laughs) I, like, on a whim just got, like, they were like, we need someone to come and do this, like, commercial spot for Sobeys. It was like, you're going to make the, a Canada Day burger with Jamie Oliver on his farm. Uh, okay. And I was like, yeah. And so I flew in overnight to London, <gasps> went to his, like, crazy office that's so staff, so staffed, and then went to sleep, woke up at 7 a.m., drove out to his farm, made a burger, like, did two takes of making this burger with him, and then kind of hung out. We took some pictures, looked at his farm, and then... I went back to the hotel and then left the next morning. It was like a crazy surreal. Was he nice? He was very nice. I was like really worried he was going to be a jerk. He seems just like a bit distractible and childlike. Yeah. But his crew has always worked with him and food was not wasted. It was passed around and he seemed like he had like a close little family around him. Yeah. He's named his kids all those, all the names. Oh, yeah, what are they? They're like, like Bluebell and stuff. Oh, it's wonderful. And like Button. I don't know. I'm making, I'm just saying words now. It was all very, my favorite part was just him kind of quietly. It was it was cold out and the, and the gardens weren't there, but he walked me through his like English style garden and just talked about where the vegetables would go and he was going to plant the garden and it was like such a delight. I have a big crush on Jamie <laughs> Oliver. Since we're here and we're transparent and we're talking about feelings, I have some for him. I really, like when, especially his early show when he was just like in that apartment and he'd like yes. zip around on that motor. Because that and Nigella... Oh, Nigella. Who's like the most sensual woman in the world. I love her. I love her. She had a really great show. Um, TVO recently aired it. This was from 2013, this episode. And she would go, she spoke with this like um, famous Italian cook. And this woman kind of brought Italian cuisine to the UK. And she cooked with her, but then would take us through the history of all of it. Oh my God. Also, I recommend. Just in time, back in time for dinner or back in time for tea. Have you heard of these? What is that? Right now, the BBC is airing back in time for tea. It's based on back in time for dinner, which is where this family goes, starts at like 1918, and they work through up until 2018. But they sit, like everything is based around them eating together. And they always learn through the whole thing that like it doesn't even – like they're laughing about how bad some of this stuff is because, I mean, during the Depression era, you, you're kind of screwed. But yeah. like it always – goes back to like family and like how important it is to spend time together. Love and, it. Oh yeah. Back in time for tea is now um dinner was more first class. Back in time for tea is a northern working class. I love that. Well on the same kind of thing can I recommend a show? It's I think it's all on YouTube still. I think it was from the maybe the early two thousands. It's called Supersizers. It's um what's her name who is the host of the British bake off um Oh Mary Mel- Berry. Uh no uh, Sue Mel. 
Uh, Mel. Yeah. Mel. Yes, Mel. Um, it's her and this other guy who's a, um, 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 a critic, a yep. food critic, and they just pick a decade in England and they just they, and they go through. Oh, it's, it's good. It's with costumes. It's very goofy. They often get quite sick. Oh yeah. Oh for sure. And also, she is so funny. Her She's and Mel are so funny. They're the best. And they've been working. They're like you and Evany. They've been working together forever. Oh, I love them. I know. It's wonderful. It's so great. My last question. <laughs> okay. What's the next thing you're gonna cook? Oh, great question. Oh, will I cook something tonight? <gasps> will you? Yeah, I might. What have I been thinking about wanting to make? Well, I did get this. Pa- I, I bought myself a pasta maker. and uh, Why do you keep bringing up my finger injury? I know, I'm so sorry. I just give you this visceral, like. You know I can't see right like, now. <laughs> tendons being pushed through <laughs> like a pasta. It's wrong. The images are all together. Uh, uh it takes some time, but I love it, and it tastes so good. And I think I just saw like a little video of um, like a cabanera, a pasta where they just like they put the yolk on the top at the very last minute and just kind of tossed it all. So, oh my god, uh, I might I might get into that. Oh my god, and I also want to. Um, I've been really wanting to get some scallops and learn how to cook scallops properly. I bought frozen ones, and they had bacon already around them, and I put them in my oven. And then I ate them. I love a scallop. Oh, I love a scallop. Oh, so elegant. Oh, my God. Okay. Now, what um, I hate when people are like, what do you want to plug? But for real, like, what's something that you're working on right now? Let's talk about where everybody can find it. First, what are you working on right now? Like, what do you want people to know about? What is going on? Um, I'm doing a lot of writing, but nothing is really anything because nothing is anything until someone really tells you it is. Um, I'm doing improv shows here and there. Uh, Ebony Rosen and I do a show called Network Notes once a month at Bad Dog Theater, which is my th- one of my favorite shows to do, which is we just play these kind of horrible network executives and give people notes on their improvised TV shows that they, they do for us. And it's just oh, so great. catty. We have giant wigs. We're very contoured. It's my favorite thing to do. Your promo photo for it is one of my favorite <laughs> photos ever to see in my feed. I love it's it. really great. Um, and then what else? Everything's kind of here and there. I guess you could just follow me on I don't know Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> can you tweet more, please? Yeah, I was really trying to. I gave myself the New Year's resolution to just stop interacting with social media that made me feel afraid. Oh well, then that's fair. Oh my god, don't. <laughs> Forfeit your mental health for Twitter.com. Anybody listening, it's not worth it. I'm a narcissist with a God complex. Well, you're good at it. I'm just mad all the time. And I also have like... I get too embarrassed. I like Teflon. Like I'm made of Teflon. Like you get called things enough that you're actually like, oh, who cares? Who are you? See, yeah, that's... I love that. That's great. I mean, you keep saying that you're this tough and you're God complex stuff, but I just think you're very brave. I'm very soft and concerned, so... (laughs) Uh, You know what? That... You, I, my friend Judith and I have a theory that everybody is either a Magneto or Professor X. And Professor X are people who feel, but you need those people because otherwise everyone's going to explode. And then there's people who are Magneto and they bury their feelings, which usually causes some problems. But they get stuff done first and then they feel. So you need both. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. You're, you're just Professor X. You're necessary. Well, God, but I mean, have you seen Logan? They had to keep him in this like big iron drum. I, I hope that doesn't happen. No, we don't. I didn't watch it because I heard what happened and I was like, I'll, I can't cry in a theater because I hate emotions. See? Learning. There you go. Yeah, I'm very bad with feelings. Oh, don't like God. them. Well, I hate I, them. I'll cry all you need. Good. And that's why our <laughs> friendship works. Great. You're Kayla Lorette on Instagram? 
Yes, and Killer on Instagram. Probably there are more. Just post. Yeah, you got you good Instagram. More Grammy. You're a good Gram. <laughs> and in the meantime, everybody should just like um, pay attention to everything she says and does because she's brilliant. Hey, you. So this was um, nobody cares. I'm your host, Auntie Donahue. That was Kayla Lorette. Um, remember, go to my podcast website and then phone in or type in or whatever and tell me what you care about that nobody else seems to and we'll share them here because um, you know nobody cares etc etc except for me just kidding everybody cares we're all obsessed Uh, thank you for listening catch you soon okay bye Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.